Nothing you hear in this program constitutes investment advice. It is an expression of opinion only. This is Frisbees, Bulls and Bears. Talking money and markets. What's happening and why. We talk to the experts, the traders, the investors and the companies they're investing in. You're listening to Frisbees, Bulls and Bears with Dominic Frisbee. Hello and welcome to Frisbee's Bulls and Bears with me, Dominic Frisbee. Now, before we crack on with today's show, I just want to remind you about this new button we have on the web page where you can subscribe to the show by email. Just click on the button, type in your email address, and then every time I upload a new show, uh, you will receive an email with details of that show. As you know, the show's not posted on a regular basis, so you can keep up with the show that way. Now, it is my pleasure today to be talking once again to Larry Pesavento. Now, Larry was on the show, um, well, almost a month ago, uh, saying that April the 26th was going to be a big turn date in the markets. And lo and behold, it was. So, Larry, first of all, a great call. Um, welcome back. What's in store for us next? Well, uh, we got lucky, I guess, on the 26th, but we've got something really interesting coming up uh, right after Memorial Day weekend. From the period of June 2nd to the period of June 26th, we're in some of the most volatile uh, cycle times that we can run into. The last time we've had a situation like this was in October of 2008, uh, right after the Lehman Brothers collapse and when the market really started to accelerate down. This is what we're looking at, and I, I believe, Dominic, that we're going to see some type of a really deep correction in, in a matter of a day or two that people refer to as a crash, and it will probably be a record crash, you know, something in the neighborhood of you know, 12 or 13% in one day. Um, it'll probably start either in Asia or it'll start in Europe and then go on to the United States, but the key dates to watch are the it's that first week uh, in uh, June from the, I believe it's the 6th through the 9th or 10th, is where it should start. It could start as early as the 2nd, but uh, it should really be accelerating between the 6th and the 10th and going down into the, uh, the 26th of June. And then we have the mother of all cycles uh, that is due to be a low sometime around not August the 10th. So all of those are, are going to be interesting for people to watch. How have you arrived at this uh, conclusion that we've got some kind of mega correction? Uh, by doing past studies. We, we never do anything unless we can get a sample size of 100. And so what we do is we match these cycles to what happened in the past. And with about a 78% probability, this is the scenario that we say could unfold because you have two things going for you. One, you have still a lot of people that are very bullish and the second thing is, is that you're at very high levels uh, on a relative basis, and both of those things are very negative and set up a crash-type scenario, much like we had in 1987. What we had on May the 6th of this year was not a crash. That was a mini-correction. I'm talking about where prices really go down and they stay down. And uh, that's what I think the, my, my target on the Dow, I believe, is around 8,800. So that's a good 10% from where we are now, and it might even go you know, a lot lower than that, but that's what I'm looking at. It's 
the evening of uh, May the 26th uh, that we're recording this. Um, so you're looking at, what, a, a little bit of sideways movement between now and the middle of next week, which is June the 2nd, uh, possibly a little rise, and then, what, a, a kind of intermediate top around June the 2nd? Yes, that's what I'm looking for. We have the, the full moon is due on the 27th of May, which should give us a little short-term bottom that's going to be coming into our Memorial Day weekend. You know, we're, uh, we're closed here in the United States for that, but the rest of the world will be open. And I believe uh, coming into that first uh, Monday or Tuesday of that week, if we're rallying strongly, uh, it would really set up a good setup for a, a type of reversal. But we could melt down at any time. We don't necessarily have to rally. As you know, the rallies that we're getting are very short-lived. I mean, they rally 50 S&P points, and you turn around two hours later, and it's back down and testing and making new lows. So uh, the market has a decidedly bearish tone, which also gives us confidence that these dates that we have should be very, very important. So how should we be trading this? We should be getting out of our long positions, moving to cash, buying puts? Yeah, well, you can buy some puts, you know, you know, gingerly, because most people are not, you know, experienced traders that, uh, you know, listen to your show or my show or whatever, because, you know, they're not professional traders, but they should protect themselves, you know, at least lighten up on positions that they have profits on or the lost positions, they should get out of those. And, you know, stand aside for a month or so. If I'm wrong, you know, the market will rally a little bit and I'll look a little foolish. But if I'm right, they'll save quite a bit of money. How is all this going to affect uh, gold and oil? <laughs> well, uh, I think that the gold has made a pretty significant top up there at uh, the 1250 area. Now, today was quite interesting because we made an exact uh, 0.618 retracement from the high at 1249.80 down to the 1265 area. The exact 618 retracement was today's high at 1216.90. So as long as we uh, hold that level, I think uh, gold's going to be backing off too. If you look at what's happened to palladium and copper and platinum and silver, I mean these these uh, metals have been decimated. And, uh, you know, they're not going to come back right away. So this is another thing that adds up to the point that, you know, something big is out there. We don't know what it is yet, but it looks like a big surprise is in store. Well, let me let me just pose an argument to you, Larry. Um, firstly, you know, gold is not like um, palladium and platinum and silver in that although it's precious, it, it has monetary qualities that those other metals don't have. And um, I know gold sells off... It, when you get a crisis of liquidity, it sells off along with everything else. But this crisis, um, the, the credit crisis of 2008 seemed to be more linked to, well, to credit, whereas this current crisis that we're entering into seems to be more of a sovereign debt crisis, a monetary crisis. And in those circumstances, perhaps gold might be a little bit stronger. Does that, is, there, is there a scenario with your charts that that, that argument yeah. could hold some kind of force? Yes, if we make new highs in gold above 1250, I would say that yes, that's what could happen, but I, I don't think we're going to do that in this cycle. I think we're going to go down quite a bit. Remember, you can't eat gold and you can't wear it. So, well, you can wear it in jewelry, of course, but when people need money, they sell things, and gold is also, uh, you know, a tangible asset. And so that's one of the things you have to keep in mind that even though the demand for, and, and believe me, Dominic, there is nobody on this planet more bullish than I am on gold long term. But, you know, these cycles, you know, the, the, in, the, in 2008, gold dropped uh, almost $300 an ounce, you know, and, and it was still in the bull market. So if we backed off two or $300 an ounce, we'd still be in the bull market, and you could pick it up at, 
you know, uh, reduced price. All I'm saying is, as long as we don't take out that 1250, looks to me like gold is in is in a downtrend. Okay, I mean, I, I certainly wouldn't rule out a move to 1050 or something like that for what it's worth. That's um, correct. Okay, next question. I I take it then that uh, your bearishness extends to um, commodities such as oil and copper and various other things. Yes, the the oil held 65, which was a very important number. That was the 61% retracement off the July low of last year, and it immediately came back above it, which was a positive sign. So that tells me that you know that, that there's a lot of demand for oil in that 65 you know, to $70 range, that's what it looks like, you know, but that could dissipate in a matter of a, of a few days if there was some type of a crisis. I don't know. I hope I'm wrong, you know, and that we just have a, a normal uh, market. But if I'm right, you know, there's going to be some opportunities here. Now, what, what if I said to you that these kind of mega crashes normally happen in October and this is June? Yeah, yeah. Well, this is the this is true. But the um, uh, you know the big crash in 1987 happened on uh, you know October the 18th, but it had been going down since August the 25th. So they they culminate usually around that time. I think this time we're going to be in mid cycle and and have a have a pretty good correction because no one's expecting it. All the factors are there. Uh, the probability is there. That that's all that's all you can say is that you know you got to take that into effect, and this is what you try to do. Let's take a quick look at the currency markets. I know you like to trade the currency markets. Uh, the euro's had a massive sell-off. That's not to say it couldn't fall further. Uh, the pound, too, has been very weak. Uh, the dollar has been strong. Do you do you see those trends carrying on through, throughout all of this? Yes, I, I certainly do. I, I think there's major problems in Europe. You can see that by what's happening to the euro. And, uh, you know, the charts will tell you there's more selling than buying. We have big rallies of three or four or five points, and two days later they're back testing the lows again. So that's telling you that there's something not right. There, there's a lot of things happening that, that make me feel relatively comfortable that something really, really crazy is going to happen between the 2nd and the 26th of, of, uh, of June. Okay. And if you're a, if you're a, a, you know, a, a member of the U.K., uh, public and you, so you when you go to cash you would normally go to sterling would you advise us to go to a different currency no i, I think sterling is, is fine i mean if you live in england you know use sterling if you live in uh, uh euro country you know use the uh, euro countries you know you use the euro the place where you are I, I recommend everyone have some silver and some gold physical coins of course but uh you know we'll see what happens one last question for you larry um the the long bond i i know you you you're bearish on this one and we seem to be getting a, a little bit of a kind of upside exhaustion on the on the long bond are you ready to short the thing yet yes uh we hit the 126 level um on the 25th of uh, may uh, several days ago which was the exact ab equals cd retracement in other words it made a big leg ab up pulled back to bc which was a 786 retracement and then the move from February 6th up into May uh, 25th actually was the same length as the leg from AB to CD. So that uh, took us to a perfect Gartley sell signal at the 126 level. And I don't believe that, uh, that the bonds will get below 126. If they get, I mean, excuse me, above 126. If they get above 126, that means they're going to go up to the 786 retracement, which is up to the 131 area, I believe. But if we do that, stocks will be uh, in, a, in a real bad bind. I, I believe that people that move to bonds 
during this are falling into the biggest sucker trap they've put in the in the, the game book for a long time because this is about debt liquidation and bonds are nothing more than another form of debt whether they're U.S. bonds or Greek bonds or Spanish bonds are still bonds and interest rates are going to go higher because we have to you know rectify the situation that we're in you know by reduced spending and increased taxes so interest rates will be coming higher and I believe bonds are not the place to be going. I think you should be in cash uh, for a while just to see what happens. There's nothing wrong with being cash. Cash can be a great position. Goodness me, there's nowhere to hide <laughs> except cash. Well, this is true. Well, you want to try to be on the short side of the market. You don't have to hide. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Larry, uh, you know, thank you very much for coming back on the show and thank you for your time and, you know, um, I've been talking to you in the last month or two more than anybody else, but uh, it's been worthwhile because you've been, your calls have been so on the money. Um, your website is tradingtutor.com, is that right? Yes, that's correct. And maybe, Dominic, around uh, June 7th or 8th, we'll do another show to see uh, if things are unfolding like we thought. Okay, well, I'll actually be in South Africa then. I'm going out there for the World Cup, but hopefully I can set up Skype and we can get a little uh, recording going from South Africa. That's wonderful. <laughs> Larry Pesavento, thank you very much. Frisbee's Bulls and Bears is presented and produced by Dominic Frisbee. To discuss the markets and have your say, why not visit our forum at globaledgeinvestors.com. That's globaledgeinvestors.com. To join our mailing list so you can be updated as soon as a new show is posted, please email info at dominicfrisbee.net or simply subscribe through iTunes. 